Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Larry Kay, uh, and I am a recovered compulsive reader. Today is Thursday, March 28, 2019, and today we're reading from the big book, and we are currently on page 16, reading from the first paragraph. It starts, an alcoholic in his cups, and we're going to read through two paragraphs, and we're going to comment on both. Uh, today's readers, we have Kathy R. on the 12 Steps, um, Allison E. on the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Nadia B. and Renee A. And actually, Kelly S. is stretching out there. The share ID for Wednesday, March 27th, the uh, 7 a.m. meeting is 12,706. That's 12706. And for the 10 a.m. meeting, 12,708, 12708. We have, uh, let's see, newcomer greeter, Jason K., the host for the second hour, Jen A. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating, they can recover through abstinence, you gotta do that first, and then the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask um, Kathy R. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Larry, and good morning, everybody listening on the meeting. My name is Kathy R. calling in from Florida. These are the 12 steps of our program. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And finally, number 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I pass and thank you for letting me do this service. Thanks so much, Kathy. 
now, Allison E, do we, is there still 12 traditions? There are. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> Hi, good morning. This is Allison E, a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OE unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. Pass. Thank you so much, Allison. Okay, here's how our meeting um, is supposed to work. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're discussing, and then you keep your share to approximately three minutes, and I'll, uh, I'll time you and start coughing or something if you go over. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And we're sharing, of course, what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, press star one to unmute your phone and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, and then press uh, star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're gonna resume our study of the big book and we are currently on page 16, the first paragraph. Uh, starts with an alcoholic in his cups and we're gonna read through two paragraphs ending, and through us or we perish. And we're gonna comment on both. So let me now hand it off to Nadia B. to get us started. Good morning, Nadia. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. Nadia B., grateful 
recovered compulsive overeater in Connecticut. An alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. Our struggles with them are variously strenuous, comic, and tragic. One poor chap committed suicide in my home. He could not or would not see our way of life. There is, however, a vast amount of fun about it all. I suppose some would be shocked at our seeming worldliness and levity, but just underneath there is deadly earnestness. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us, or we perish. Um, there's uh, something about me that I want you guys to know, that behind this sweet voice with accent used to be a creature that is hard to love, lonely couch potato that used to eat herself to the point of sickness. And um, so here we are. We are special people. We have experience and the power to help someone else um, recover. Um, what is, um, you know, this, what resonated with me in this paragraph, or, um, and I might be a little morbid today, but there are warnings. Um, it, uh, you know, tells us about this person who's committed suicide because they could not see um, the way of life that, that I, you know, try to my best ability to live today. What is this deadly earnestness underneath all of this? Um, it is sincere and intense conviction, um, knowing of my purpose, seriously, <laughs> you know, it's this faith. Um, they, uh, the, um, par the sentence, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us, or we perish. What is perish? Um, it is, uh, you know, suffer death. And, uh, you know, I, I would say I was slowly dying and I could see it today so clearly um, at my own hand, at my own hand. And that's why, you know, today, um, what is this way of life um, that, that I couldn't understand for a long time and I thought it was so complicated. And today I understand that it's not. Um, good news, there is way out of this. Um, and it is simple. Uh, for me today it is, you know, I needed a lot of help with um, just understanding it, its simplicity. Um, and that, um, you know, thank God, Today, there is a village of people that I call friends and sponsors in, this, um, in the rooms that helped me to get um, to this point where I can implement what I learn and study through the 12 steps. And I can be, uh, you know, and, uh, and it gives me purpose, this way of life um, that's, that is... Um, happy and fun uh, and, um, you know, which I'm grateful for. Um, it's called 12-step way of living. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nadia. <clears throat> Appreciate that. Okay, if, you're just, uh, if you just fell out of bed, 
we're reading from uh, page 16. Nadia read the first two paragraphs on page 16. And we're going to stick with that uh, tradition of um, if you haven't shared in the last day or two, or if you've never shared, try it. See what it does. Susan, um, <coughs> Susan H. First name. Susan. Hold on one second. Sorry. Cynthia Sorry. Susan. Sorry. Cynthia. Sherry. Kelly. Kelly F. Kelly. Kathy, yeah, Kay. Kathy. Kathy. <laughs> Another H. Okay, we'll stop with Raquel there. Hi, Raquel. So let me get my, let's see. Okay, we got Susan, Cynthia, Sherry, Kelly, Kathy, Kathy, and then Raquel. So let's start with Susan. Good morning, Susan. Hello, this is Susan H. in Ohio. I am a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And the alcoholics in this cup. Susan, I don't know if that's me, but it seems like we lost you. So if you could press star one. Okay, I think I'm unmuted now. Oh, there now. you are. There you are. <laughs> I'm back. You're back. <laughs> okay, well... The alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. And uh, there was, I identify with this very strongly, there was so much more than the obesity that was the mark of, of my addiction. But there was the anger and there was the leave me alone so I can eat and feel better. And uh, yeah, there was plenty that was exceedingly unlovely that, I find my higher power is changing. And uh, yeah, that's one of the many, many things I'm grateful for. Um, <clears throat> I am so grateful that I am gifted with the depth and weight of knowing how painful this addiction and disease is that I actually can reach out and help uh, people that share it. And when I allow my higher power in and work that 11th step all through the day that I am not running this show and I don't have the power to fix this myself, then I allow faith to work 24 hours a day in and through me. And when I do and I see it, it's an amazing gift that I'm, I'm so blessed to have. That probably wasn't more than a minute, but nevertheless, I will pass. That's great. Thank you, Susan. Okay, we have Cynthia followed by Sherry. Good morning, Cynthia. Thank you very much. This is Cynthia C. Composer, Overeater, and Food Addict. Um, Larry, thank you so much for your service, and thank you to everybody who makes this meeting possible. I'm incredibly grateful for it. Um, uh, I'm so incredibly grateful to be in recovery today. You know, God willing, April 20th will be two years for me being in recovery and sort of started this process, working steps according to the big book. And um, I was, you know, I'm going to reiterate what everybody else is going to be saying. I can honestly, <laughs> was unlovely to say, the <laughs> to say the very least, That's, you know, putting it mildly. I... You know, in the food and in my compulsion and in my addiction, I 
wanted to control everything. I was so filled with fear constantly. It was just so filled with deep fear that I didn't even know where it came from. But I had no idea where that fear came from, you know. And the only way I knew how to deal with that fear was to try to control everything. And since it's impossible for me to control everything, I was angry and frustrated. I constantly felt like the victim. I, I remember like, you know, what, like when my kids were little and organizing them to do something that was sort of special and they weren't doing it exactly the way I wanted them to do it. And so I got really upset with him. And instead of appreciating the fact that they were doing this very special thing, you know, like I couldn't see beyond my own self. And the only way I knew to comfort was with food or shopping or, or whatever, you know, and today, you know, and today I don't live in the food, you know, today I don't live in the food. And today, you know, I get to get up every morning and I get to say my religious prayers and I get to say my 12 step prayers and, and, and I get to humble myself to God. And I feel like that is a gift to, to actually humble myself you know, to be able to physically humble myself and to spiritually and emotionally humble myself and to admit every single day that I can't do this on my own. And it is such a gift when I can say that I am powerless. I can't, I can't do this on my own. And, and the burden gets lifted from me. The burden is taken away from me. And, and, and then, and I become neutral with the food. It is a, it is a gift. It is when I'm when I hit the point of desperation that I could finally admit that I can't do this, but my higher power can do this. And when I really each day, I, I can't skip a day each day, I need to consciously turn my will in my life to say that third step prayer today, the first, second and third step prayer and, and the 10 step prayer every single day. I need to remember and to ask God to lift for me, my will and my resistance and, um, and to listen to my character defects and to guide me every day. And I consciously need to ask God to do that. And, and it's probably more for me than for God. It, it, it's the reminder that, you know, I'm not God. I think that's it. I need that reminder, you know, that I am not all powerful and we really don't have very much power at all. And, and it's amazing because when I do that, the groundedness and the centeredness is, is huge. And I can then be of service to other people and my family and my kids and my husband. And, you know, um, I'm traveling for work and I get very nervous about my food when I'm traveling, you know, and today it's a gift that I don't need to do that. I don't need to worry anymore. I can have neutrality. Thank you very much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Cynthia. Okay, we have Sherry followed by Kelly. Good morning, Sherry. Hi, I'm not. I'm not sure if you said uh, Surrey C. Cause oh, it, was that um, Surrey? Yeah. Maybe I heard share. Okay, my apologies. I I didn't clean up my ears this morning. So sorry. Good morning. <laughs> it's fun. Get that a lot. Um, good morning. Thank you so much for letting me share. Um, uh, Surrey C. Compulsive Overeater. Um, God, I. I needed to open the book and actually just read this today because faith has to work 24 hours a day in, in us, through us, or we perish. I mean, God, I I literally, I'm, yeah, that's where I am. And um, 
And there are so many minutes where times, and it has to work 24 hours a day, every minute. And it's exactly those minutes where I want to just ignore it that I, 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 I perish in those moments, in those moments where I can eat those foods and I just, it, it's, it's an either or. It's either trudging a road to happy destiny or perishing. I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't want to acknowledge the fact that it's one or the other, but for me, because I'm, I'm a compulsive overeater, it is just that. And there are so many, um, there are so many times where I want to identify out. And um, life has just brought me in a direction where I started writing poetry again, and I'm so grateful for the program and for the work because I haven't done that since for the last, I mean, it's been almost, almost 20 years since I've written, but I just wanted to share something, um, and it's just a short poem, and it says, you know, this fellowship is one of hope, of glory in all sizes. One word made of two sums it up. Sorry, sums it all up. Identify in, just try it. And um, and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm really just trying to, to identify in, to be humble, to be right-sized, and and recognize that I can't do this not alone, not by myself, not without this fellowship, um, and not without following the steps and the tools necessary. And I'm still learning and working, and I'm just grateful today. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Suri. Appreciate that. Okay, we have Kelly followed by Kathy Kay. Hey, Kelly. Good morning. Hey. Hey, Larry. Kelly S. Recovered in Oklahoma. Um, this paragraph is so powerful and reminds me of um, – we have a face-to-face -face meeting here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, called the Page 132 Club. And uh, it says, so we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Outsiders are sometimes shocked when we burst into merriment over our seemingly tragic experience out of the past. But why shouldn't we laugh? We have recovered and have been given the power to help others. Everybody knows that those in bad health and those who seldom play do not laugh much. So let each family play together separately as much as these circumstances warrant. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. And I just love that. And it says in here, you know, there is a deadly earnestness. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. You know, when, we, when I came into these rooms, you know, I would see people who were white-knuckle abstinence or struggling. You know, it's like we're putting down this food so that we can get busy and, and have a free life, you know. And it says faith has to work 24 hours a day. Bill is now through these steps, and, you know, he, he puts the alcohol down. That's just the beginning. Faith, it doesn't say here that abstinence has to work 24 hours. Faith has to because it's all about our higher power. The whole purpose of this book is to get us a relationship with this higher power so we can learn to do life different. And it says faith, and it doesn't say it's a third of it. You know, I used to always hear this three-legged stool that, you know, the spiritual part. Well, guess what? It's, there's not a spiritual part. This is a spiritual program, and it's teaching us how to do life different 24 hours a day. And people, you know, I know for me as a newcomer, and when I talk to people, and, and I think as a newcomer, we want to see that people are happy, joyous, and free. And what does that mean? Yes, neutrality with food, but neutrality with my bedevilment, you know, that I'm learning how to do life different, because this is life or death. It is deadly earnest for me. And that is when I had to take that step Step one, that complete powerlessness, no, I, I can't do it. My life is unmanageable. I had to put down the food and get busy working these steps. But my disease was in me 24 hours. My dis 
ease, right? And I love that when I heard someone say, you know, people used to always say my disease is out in the parking lot doing push-ups. No, my dis-ease is inside my soul doing the push-ups. And if I don't stay unblocked by working these steps 24 hours a day, carrying these messages, you know, because it says in that part I work, you know, it's we're recovering and we're recovered today to help the newcomer, you know, um, and I have to remember that. I'm here to give it away. That is my purpose today. I finally have a purpose. You know, it took me 30-something years to realize I have a, an experience, strength, and hope to share with you guys today. Thanks to my ability to realize this is a spiritual program, and it takes a higher power. And it takes abstinence first and then the rest of the steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Larry. Thank you, Kelly. Okay, we have Kathy K, followed by Kathy H, and then Raquel will be there. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Good morning, Larry, and good morning, everyone. This is Kathy Kay, recovered in Boston. Oh, I'm so grateful to read these paragraphs today because, um, you know, I've gotten so used to living in recovery that um, without continuously reading out of this wonderful book, I can start to take my recovery for granted, and that's the last thing I want to do. These paragraphs do remind me of how miserable I was when I first got to OA, which is now 25 years ago, um, and uh, literally lived 90% of my waking hours in anxiety and depression. And for many, many years, I uh, searched from one food plan to another to find the exact right one because I wasn't able to stay absent. And it was not until I got to study this book that uh, I really began to understand that this is a spiritual program, that having a a food plan is an important piece of what of the infrastructure that we build when we start working the steps. Um, and I have to say over the years, it took a, quite a while for me to um, land on a set of daily practices um, that allow me to stay connected with my higher power um, and to find a way to live my life with joy and peace of mind um, and to accept the bumps in the road that happen when life happens um, and to know how to enlist the help of my higher power when I need help. Um, I, I could have easily perished uh, uh, many, many times um, and it's become, um, my program has become a very, very safe uh, space for me um, because I know I'm not alone. I know I can enlist the help of my fellows and my higher power at any moment in my day. Um, and it's just such a wonderful way to live. Um and I never want to take it for granted um, because it, requ it required me to learn from others and to continue to learn from others uh, how I can continue 
to stay in recovery even when life happens. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Okay, we have Kathy H. followed by Raquel. Hi, Kathy. Good morning. And Kathy, if you press star one, Kathy, where are you? Kathy, um, maybe I was another voice in my head, but, you know, that happens to me. Why don't we go, Ready? Raquel? What? Oh, there you are. No, well, I'm sorry. I, I said Peggy. Could it have been Peggy? Peggy, Surrey, all these people I don't hear. Peggy, I'm sure it's probably you. Good morning. <laughs> Peggy H. Thank you, Larry. Um, I it's really hard for me to share on this line. And I um, I threw my name out there and I thought, oh, no problem. I tried and it didn't work. So I guess it was supposed to work. <laughs> um, okay. This is Peggy H. Um, recovered compulsive overeater from Arizona. And, um, you know, how this, this wording, um, an unlovely creature, it's such a kind way of saying um, an ugly, raging um, food addict, uh, as opposed to saying an un an ugly raging food addict, which is what I was. Um, you know, I, uh, I often think I don't want to ever go into politics, but if I ever did go into politics, dear God, the, um, the evidence they would have against me with my, um, horrific text messages to my husband when I was in my angry rages. And I thought he was the problem of all my, or the, the, cause of all my problems I remember one time in particular driving to well I didn't want to be driving to Portillo's but I was it felt like a magnet was pulling me and I was crying all the way um this restaurant that we got from Chicago actually I understand um so they have this chocolate cake and I was just in tears I just didn't want to be going and I was so angry because I just like I was it was just crazy in my head. Like I knew it wasn't my husband's fault, but yet he's such an ass. It has to be his fault, you know? So I was driving there and I, um, I pulled behind a circle K and it basically schizophrenic behavior. Cause I'm, I'm crying out to God. I, I know the answer cause I've been, had had some recovery before. Um, I know the answer and yet, everything in me is screaming in confusion that it's got to be, it's got to be something else besides, you know, there's just internal conflict in this internal struggle Um, and picking up my phone and, you know, raging at my husband, the poor guy, what I put him through. Um, I can't even remember if I ended up going to the restaurant and binging or not, but um it's just one story after another, after another, after another, that is just craziness, absolute craziness. And, you know, I have, um, have been in that place of wanting to commit suicide. I never would knew I couldn't go through it. I mean, I I say that, but, um, because of just my belief system, you know, but it was that internal psychological pressure was just unreal. Um, and, uh, anyway, I, um, I have, I, I saw 
an image the other day on the phone that said, um, my scars will become beauty marks and that I can share that with others. And yes, I've been there too. And it doesn't have to be that way. And thank God, God has restored our marriage. And um, I'm just living in a different place of just peace and serenity. Not easy, but peace and serenity nonetheless. And I'm just so grateful. And so I did it. I shared. Okay, thanks. You did it. Thanks, Peggy. Appreciate that. Okay, Raquel, good morning. Raquel, press start. Hi, good morning. Hi, there you are. Good morning, good morning, all my friends. Wow, do I need to be amongst you. I need to just claim my seat and be with you guys because I, I think, and, and I, I don't know which, you know, you want me to relate to this. I'll start talking about perishing and suicide and daily daily reprieve. I love that word. You know, people don't want to know what it says in the Oxford about the word reprieve. And in the translation, it's like like uh, having a, an easier time with the disease. Well, one of the translations, uh, the explanation of reprieve is postponement of a death sentence. And it's like, to me, I say to myself sometimes when I need to tattle on my head, in which it is dangerous to walk around without parental guidance. And I say to myself, well, you know, it's like they tell somebody that he should get the electric chair, but there's no electricity today, unfortunately. So we'll see about tomorrow. So my tomorrows, my todays and my tomorrows are pretty, like, what should I say? I just have to learn how to pause more and to sit quietly and see what, what, to try and listen to what is God's plan. And for me to sit quietly, like, you know, what is that word? What is that concept? But it's it's a hard time physically because of my osteoporosis and they cannot operate. So now we're down to a, a medicine that ought to take all the pain away. I think Bill W. would be very happy with me because there was a time in his life at the end where he wanted to see if he could help people get to that spiritual awakening with a little bit of chemistry. And there's a, there's a movie, if people didn't see it, uh, try to look for uh, a movie like towards the end of his life. It's like a little quip. But uh, if wh- where would I be if you guys weren't there? You know, it's like 1.30 here uh, in Israel, and I rush home because I somehow can't catch you on my cell phone. And here you are, all my friends. So I need your prayers to really stay put uh, with with us and with our beautiful God-given program when the going is rough, and and to and to trust. And trust is very very hard. For I think it would have been hard for me for because of my personality. I love the way Harlan says it. Sometimes he goes through his unbelievable childhood, and then he says. But that's not why I'm a compulsive eater. I am because I am. I was born that way. At least he did it the easy way. I had to do it with dry bread with mildew and it cooked in water. That was the kind of materna in Europe in those in those years. But you guys are all there and I know that you've got my back and God is doing, is working his plan and he sends me people. You know, I kept on saying even a blind squirrel finds a few good acorns 
on the floor of the forest in his lifetime and send me somebody who really wants this. And one evening this week when I was really in a bad mood, somebody called me whose friend I spoke to because she's a secretary somewhere I have to trudge along to find help for my situation. So she sent her friend to me. This friend, every sentence I said to her on the phone about the program, she completed it almost. She is so ready. She is so ready. And I can't wait to meet her. And But I sent her to where she can buy the literature already. A person who didn't think there Just is another person. Yes, I'm I'm wrapping up. So, I, um, well, Larry, I haven't talked to you in 78 years. That's a long time. So... Now, thank you very, very much for your good humor, and, and I'll, I'll be in touch with you, and I know that you guys care, and I'm not the only one in the world who is crazy in exactly this kind of style that all of us there are, and you're beautiful, beautiful people to be with. Thank you so much, I guess. Thank you, Raquel. Thanks so much. Okay, you guys, we're on page 16, the first two paragraphs. If you have red hair, we'd like to hear from you. No, anyone at all. Who would like to share? <laughs> Jennifer from from Boston. My apologies if you need to call me with a step 10. Katie, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, my fellows. Great to hear you. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Katie G recovered in Boston. And, um, yeah, I'm just so struck this morning by these two diametrically opposed ideas, right, the levity. I mean, I came into the rooms, and if you know me, I- I'm a really serious person, and people would be like, you know, Katie, you got to lighten up. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I need a graduate degree in lighting up, not lightening up. How do I lighten up? What does that even mean? And um, the last, I don't know, I've been in the rooms for 15 years, have been all about learning to lighten up. And how I learned to lighten up is by taking this disease seriously, going to any length, and then relaxing and taking it easy. I do not struggle. And so thank you, God, I can laugh today. And I know I'm cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and that's why I'm here. That is amazing. And um, this other line, faith has, has to work 24-7 or we perish, like die. And what does faith mean? Well, my choice, the book teaches me, is God is everything or he is nothing. So faith for me means that no matter what, i got to go to any lengths to stay clean with my addiction. And, you know, the last couple of days I've been traveling um, I weigh and measure without exception. Um, I couldn't use my scale where I was. It was a mess. But I went to any length, right? Like I just, I, I did what I had to do. Right? Why? Because I am going to die, right, if I pick up the food. And I have certain foods, ingredients, and behaviors that I have to stay away from, even as a recovered woman. And so I go to any length. And that, to me, is what faith means. The other thing that, for me, faith means is I am walking this walk every day, whether or not my life looks the way little Katie G wants it to look. It means, you know, uh, what is my work today? This, this program isn't about, is not about getting what I want. 
it's not like, okay, you're recovered now, Katie, so you're going to get, you know, all the good stuff, all that stuff's coming to you, and it's, and it's not. It's not. What's coming to me is even better. What's coming to me is that when I'm snot-nosed, messy, crying, because life is hard and life is beautiful, it means I still have faith. It means that when I get up in the morning, I want to live. It means that no matter what is going on, no matter how scary or whatever, like, I have hope. That is amazing. And then I do what? I go to any length to work my butt off this program. Why? Because where much is offered, much is expected. And I love what, what someone said. Yeah, the disease is inside of me, right? Over any period of time, it gets worse. But God is inside of me. And God of my limited understanding over any period of time God just gets bigger and bigger and bigger, as does my faith. So I get to walk. I'll just wrap up with this. I get to walk out in faith, do anything for this program, live the steps, be the steps, and laugh. Because that, you know, it. every day is a present, and I hope we can all enjoy our present today. With that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. No laughing, Melissa. And followed by Leah M. Melissa, good morning. Hi, good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for your service this morning. And, um, yeah, you know, it's funny because um, laughter is, like, for me, it's the voice of God. You know, it really, um, I think my sense of humor, you know, is God-given. It, it, it's a power greater than myself. It, You know, the problem was is that I, I laughed, um, you know, at and did not take, the disease seriously I did not treat it with earnestness um and so I was a joke you know and I think like um you know the alcoholic and his cops unlovely you know I I I actually think for me um when I was eating like in the moment eating I think I was um I was comatose so I wasn't so unlovely you know I was I, I was worse um, when I was struggling to put it down, you know, I think a compulsive overeater, abstinent without um, any kind of faith, without any kind of spiritual component, is the most unloveliest creature of all. And when I, um, you know, think back and, and things have been brought to my attention recently, um, that I really, I didn't want to remember and I forgot how unlovely I've been, you know, going out. Um, putting on my best face for the world um, and coming home and having nothing left for the people around me um, is really unlovely. It's, it's a brutal way to treat people, especially when, um, you know, my story is I put on a show for other people. So I think it made my family think that they were nuts, like, because everyone else says what a great person my mom is. Everyone else says what a great person my wife is. And she's a lunatic. You know, that's not what they were getting at home. And, um, you know, so faith, what, what, what faith did I have then? I had faith in the food and I had faith in a diet. And when I was really brought to my knees, I had, I had a speck of hope that I got from hearing recovered people, that I got, when I started calling in on this line, I had nothing, I had nothing left. I knew that I was struggling and, 
and, and, and beyond, you know, human aid. And then I heard what to do, and I had enough faith um, in this. And that's really where it starts, that little, they say, that little mustard seed of faith. Um, and now today, yeah, I have to have that faith. It's got to work through me 24 hours a day in all areas, um, not just in my food, in my workplace, in my family, in the world. I have to have faith that I might not like the political climate. Um, I have to have faith that God knows what God is doing. And um, thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Okay, we have Leah M. followed by Devorah. Good morning, Leah. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much. Faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. You know, if this sounds like a lifetime occupation, guess what? You're right. (laughs) But so was my disease. My disease was a lifetime occupation from morning till night. Um, So for me, you know, living this way is my life. (laughs) It's my life. Um, It's it's doesn't enhance my life, it's my oxygen. Because for someone like me, um, God either is or isn't. (laughs) What is my choice to be? And that's every single day, in every situation, with every character on my stage of life. And thank God I have a lot of characters on my stage. (laughs) There's a whole Broadway show going on and I haven't even left my house. There's so many people on my stage under my own roof. So I have to keep that vision um, which is not natural, right? But the program of recovery allows me to continue to um, to focus that lens that God either is everywhere or nowhere. What is my choice to be? It's not like God is in certain situations but not in other situations, and so therefore I get to be the director of certain situations. <laughs> no, God is the director of all my situations. You know, it's like looking through a binocular. You know, it, it, it takes precision almost. A little bit to the left, it's blurry. A little bit to the right, it's also blurry. That precision, what is that precision? That precision for me is the 12 steps. It's my GPS system. It recalculates me all the time. How do I know I'm off course? Because I feel pain, spiritual pain. Spiritual pain lets me know that the lens is blurry and the steps clarify that again for me. You know, for me, both compulsive overeating and recovery have been progressive conditions. Compulsively overeating was progressively downward. Recovery, progressively upward. But freedom isn't free for someone like me. And there is a daily discipline, you know, pain of discipline or pain of regret. I have to let God discipline me each and every day. There's no way to avoid paying a price for freedom. For someone like me, it says here, faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we perish. The work is the action. I have a responsibility to take actions because those actions are demonstrations of my willingness, my participation in this recovery process, even after decades, under the grace of the umbrella of God, you know, to dethrone my intellect and to turn and to run and to cleave to this relationship I call God, which brings me the ultimate ease and comfort, which I so long suffered uh, to look for in bags and bakery boxes. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thanks, Leah. Okay, we'll try to get uh, Devorah, Jennifer, and Sue in. Devorah, good morning. 
Hey, Devorah, press star one if you would. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much. And everyone on the line that makes this possible. My name is Devorah S. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. And there's so much over here. Um, you know, an alcoholic in his cups is an unlovely creature. Honestly, I didn't know how unlovely I was until I started doing this work. Um, when I started seeing how I, my behaviors and my, um, how I, um, what I did to other people, how I acted, um, I, I don't want to go into these gory details, but it was, you know, it was not a lovely person the way I acted. And, um, and it's because I wanted things, what I wanted in my time, in my way. Um, there was not a lot of faith. Over here, I did not rely on anybody or God for that matter, but I wanted, you know, people should do it my way or else um, I'm going to act a certain way. And my, and I thought the way I was acting was very justified. Um, and it was okay um, until, you know, many years later when I come into this program and I see, you know, how unlovely I was my, and what I did to people because I was so in my in myself. And, you know, we come into this program and we learn these steps and we work these steps, you know, and, you know, it becomes all of a sudden I realize, you know, <laughs> you know, how I got the ball rolling and I, how I depended on me. Um, this program is about an ego getting out of ourselves and into others, um, being of service. And, um, and, and I had to um, learn that and I continue to learn it. Um, and, you know, trusting and relying on God is the first thing, you know, surrendering my will and getting out of myself and putting my faith and trust in God, you know, it starts with that, putting down the food and surrendering myself to God. And when I'm able to do that, when I do that on a daily basis, it could be on an hourly basis, you know, each day, um, then I'm able, um, um, you know, to give of myself and to have that um, inward godliness that I have within me shine through. Um, but when I'm in that disease full of, you know, myself and food, and I want to just, you know, dictate and, and want to just run the show, you know, God is hidden from everyone and it's not around. And then I don't put any, you know, I, I, I'm literally dying, you know, spiritually, physically, emotionally, there's nothing there. So today I have another day with all of you um, where I can, you know, display who I'm supposed to be today, you know, trust and relying on my higher power um, and, um, and try to do the next right thing. And with that, I will pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Devorah. Okay, Jennifer, it's your turn, followed by Sue. If you guys take a couple minutes each, we could probably get you both in. Good morning, Jennifer. Jennifer, press star one. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Jennifer here in um, recovering in Ohio. The line about faith has no work, or faith has to work 24 hours a day in and through us or we will perish, um, just spoke to me so much. Um, I've been in program for almost two years, and the first year or so I had that kind of, what I think people describe as that pink cloud recovery. Um, it was the new diet, and I didn't realize it because I wanted it to be 
the 12 steps. I wanted to say that I wasn't white knuckling it. I wanted to say that, that it was working for me because it was, because I was doing it. I hadn't reached out and grabbed a hold of that faith piece. Now I have been raised in a, in a family of faith. I, I am a, a, a faithful person, but I was a willow tree faithful person. My roots were wide, but not deep. And um, I often feel like, you know, why, why do I need to worry about that connection? I've got it. And um, sometimes I look at my recovery as that um, rundown old building in the middle of town with dirty windows and all of that. And the first um, year or so, I cleaned up the outside, washed the windows. It looks presentable. People might want to come in, but there's no power in there. There's absolutely no power because I did it on my own. But I still know that my higher power led me to this, and he's just sitting back and going, I'm here, so when are you going to let me help you? You know, yeah, you're doing some of those things, and I appreciate it, but I need to be that source of power for 24 hours. And these past few days, just listening to this meeting, I am plugging into that faith, and I am feeling a feeling I've never felt before. And sometimes I unplug because I'm scared. It's like, whoa, what was that? And then it was just I realized how awful it is without that power, and I plug it back in again. And so thank you for letting me share. I passed. Thanks so much, Jennifer. Hey, Sue, can you wrap us up in a couple minutes or so? Yeah, it's Sue recovering in Ohio again. Hey, good morning. What jumped out of, at me is my home and that, yeah, we someone commits suicide in your home. Your home isn't a building. It's a place. It's a community. It's this fellowship. It's your world. And we just had two teens in our, our local high school commit suicide, and the whole community is grieving. And um, the 24-7 thing, my day job sometimes brings me out to deaths of addicts at 3 in the morning, and I just was remembering it one night I went out at three in the morning and there were two young people that had overdosed from the opioid epidemic. And I walked out of the emergency room and said, I'm not different than those two young men. I'm not different at all. And on the way home, because of my recovery, I drove by all of the places that normally I would pull in because I was kind of pissed off. I had to get up at three in the morning. And I went home with this sense of peace and gratitude that, you know, compassion and addiction means to suffer with another. And um, I drove by and my heart cracked open for him because it's like, that is me, you know? So I guess that's all I got. Thanks. Well, that was a lot. Thank you, Sue. Appreciate that. Thank you to everyone. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. And and thank you to everyone who has shared and, and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. Let me give you the share ID for today, which is uh, Thursday, March 28th, the 7 a.m. meeting. That's 12711, 12,711. And now we're going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Hey, hey, Renee, are you there? I am, Larry. Can you hear me? I can. Good morning, Renee. Good morning. Renee A. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. 
Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.